Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. This is Julie Henricus, Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am thrilled to welcome Charlene Harris to the podcast this week. Charlene just celebrated her 40th year as a published writer. Her career has been full of ups and downs, but she's in a happy place. An avid reader, Charlene lives in Texas and has a husband, three adult children, two grandchildren, and two rescue dogs. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this week, Charlene. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm a lifetime member of Sisters, and I'd love to do things for for my favorite organization. Oh, you're very kind. And I, you know, how I first got to know you was I've been going to Malice Domestic for many, many years. And I remember back when, you know, 20 years ago, when I had just sort of said aloud, gosh, I'd like to write a mystery. I went to the conference and I was a newbie and you were on a panel and you were just so um, open about not just um, your series and stuff, but about about the process and I'm not sure how this is going to work and I'm going to try to do this. And at that point you were, you were starting the Sookie, um, Sookie series. So, um, but I, I just remember the, the kindness and the generosity of your, your spirit, um, in making a very new writer at that point feel, um, like, gosh, this might be possible, <laughs> um, oh, to do. Thank you. Well, I, you know, so in that vein, let's start the way I always start these podcasts and ask you about your own writing journey. When did you say to yourself, I'd like to write a novel? When I was about 10 years old, really from the time I could hold a pencil in my hands and learned how to make letters. <laughs> that was all I ever wanted to do. But I, I felt pretty much that that was an impossible goal that I would mm-hmm. have to settle for something else. And it was amazing to me when I actually got to do this uh, and now have done it for so many years. And I just wake up every day thinking, how lucky am I? <laughs> so let's talk about that. I mean, you know, because uh, writing... Um, is is something that it's hard to wrap your brain around that that that's a possibility. Um, did you? How did you sort of start on that? Did you take classes in high school? I mean, how did you sort of start saying I want to do this? So let me figure it out. And you know, we could talk about the business side um, as well. But the the writing itself, being brave enough to sort of sit down and say I want to do this. How do I do it? How did you? How did you learn? Well, certainly not in high school. I grew up in the poorest county in the United States, and uh, creative writing classes were way beyond what were on offer at the time. But none of my teachers ever discouraged me from writing or told me it was impossible. So I took that as like a sort of negative encouragement uh, rather than active discouragement. And I kept on doing it, and it, it was just like the words wanted to get out. They wanted to 
to be on the page. And to me, that was just so exciting. But I, it was hard to think about writing a, a full book. Mm -hmm. So I, I did a lot in short forms at first, like plays and poems and just the typical stuff teenagers write. But after I had graduated from college uh, and got married the second time, my husband offered me the opportunity to stay home full-time and write rather than going back into the workplace. Mm -hmm. And oh boy, that was just golden. That was golden. Yeah. Uh, you don't ever pass up an offer like that. Yeah. So I stayed home and I, I wrote a book and, and I sold it. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> pretty lucky. Well, you know, luck, I think, is opportunity and hard work meeting. So <laughs> I would agree. Um, because you'd written short stories and other things. Did you have a book in the draw or, or was this honestly, was this? The book you sold, your first book that you tried it to. It was my to... first book. Wow. And what, what, which book was that? Uh, it was called Sweet and Deadly. Uh, the publisher was Houghton Mifflin. Uh, and I was really lucky that the woman who was teaching the one creative writing class I did take, uh, she was a former editor at Houghton Mifflin, and she uh, liked the book so much that she asked Houghton Mifflin if they would look at it, and Ruth Hapgood said yes. So, you know, you it go. was just uh, like a a coming together of wonderful things. And uh, it sounds sweet and deadly. It sounds like it was crime fiction. It was. It was a classic mystery. And is there something about, because we'll, we'll talk more about your series, but you write in all different genres and some of them you mash up and you do different things. Um, but, you know, you are a crime writer. And so was that your first love or the first type of, of writing you tried to do? Um, or have you always been drawn to all different kinds of genres? I've always read across the board, but crime fiction and this is going to just sound hubristic. I, I read a lot of mysteries and I thought I can do this. <laughs> so yeah. I picked what I knew I could do. Right. Uh, and, I, and that was what I did first. Later on, I branched out quite a bit. But uh, I had read, my parents read mysteries. Uh, I thought I can do this. And it all just all worked. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that you wrote plays, um, you know, as a in high school and as a younger uh, writer. And you know, I find that three act structure is so helpful for learning how to write mysteries. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's just got more description <laughs> um, in the mystery. So, um, do you think that that sort of also helped you sort of understand how to put it together, the, the fact that you you'd written plays and you understood that form? I think uh, writing the plays was so helpful in terms of learning to write dialogue. Yeah. It was yeah. just uh, because that's all, that's all I was really writing was dialogue, and uh, it was really educational. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and hard. <laughs> it is like, hard. That's what people really... forget all the time. They say, oh, I wish I could stay home and write books. I thought, no, <laughs> this is really hard. Yes, yes. And so that first book you sell, you sold, and that was a standalone? It was, and so was the second book, which I also sold to Houghton Mifflin. And then when did you start writing or thinking about series? Well, I took a five-year hiatus uh, because I was having babies. And by the time I wanted to get back into it, which was by the time five years had passed, was just a craving, an yeah. overwhelming craving. <laughs> I, I had to do it because I felt like I was losing myself. Mm -hmm. Though I was happy with what I was doing, I still, I had to get back into it. Houghton Mifflin wasn't really publishing it, uh, mysteries anymore. So uh, I, I wrote um, the first Aurora Tea Garden, and I acquired an agent, and it, that worked great, except those books weren't extremely popular. However, the first one did get nominated for an award at Malice Domestic. So that was very, very exciting. My agent kept telling me, now you know you're not going to win because nobody knows who you are. And I understood that. But at the same time, I thought, Maybe I would, but I didn't. <laughs> he was absolutely right. Nancy Picard won. Not that I hold a grudge or anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I kept writing the Aurora Tea Garden books for a while, though I had three different publishers for that series because stuff would wow. happen and I would, yeah. I would have to find another publisher. But luckily I did. Well, that's part of the, you know, the publishing part. In the writing journey, you can control. The publishing journey, you can't control no. all the time. I mean, no. it's a business. And, and you know, so you can keep going and figuring things out. But, uh, you know, um, it's. I think that that's something also that people don't always understand when they're starting out, that the, the business is a heck of a business. It is. And I, I get emails from readers on my Facebook page or on my website saying, well, why, why didn't, why don't they publish more? And I said, they, they don't want any more, you yeah. know, of this or that. I said, they haven't asked me for more. Well, why don't you write them anyway? Well, because, you know, I'm a professional <laughs> and I prefer to get paid for the work I do. Yes, yes, yes. So Aurora Tea Garden is interesting because when did, that series is now known by so many yeah. as a Hallmark mystery series um, and has, I'm sure, had a whole new life for that that series and the interest in it and everything else. I mean, hey, television. Yeah, that I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, that's not something any writer can count on or think is going to happen. I mean, you've, you've had some interesting television uh, adventures. I have, <laughs> uh, but you can't count on that. No. Uh, you have to, your, your business is the books. Yeah. That is your business and your responsibility. Your only total responsibility is the books. And I found when... I've had 
very good luck with television, as you point out. And I'm very grateful because it means the book sales go up. Yeah. Not because it adds to my overall glory or anything, but because of the effect it has on the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the audience, you know, um, the audience is large for television. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a nice, nice second life for that series. Yes. Yeah. Um, So when you're writing, because I think I counted six series. Is that true? Or seven? Uh, Probably. Say six. And I'll I'll correct in the show notes if I'm wrong. Um, You know, you've got them in all different genres and all different. um, And some of them you were writing at the same time. and, And, you know, so tell me a little bit about your process, because. I love how your imagination must work to come up with these characters and these these ideas that are going to support a series and everything else and the richness of the stories and but to do that six times is a lot and not just it's not just but not only crime fiction I mean you you're writing in alternative universes you're right I mean you write in so many different things so what is your process like and also how does your imagination work do you come up with an idea and say this is a mystery or do you just come up with an idea and talk it over with your agent and figure out you know I mean how does all that work well I start with a little bitty kernel of an idea about what I want to write about, what I want my protagonist to do, mm-hmm. and that determines the world. So I start with the little kernel and then start building outwards mm-hmm. until the world supports that character and will allow that character to do what I need her to do to make the point I'm trying to make. Wow. So, so you so you start with theme almost, you know, and, and build the yeah. build the world around your character's, you know, inner inner drive or, or what, what the goals you have for that character are. Yes. Yeah. Um, but still, your imagination is pretty fertile to come up with all these different worlds. I mean, some people will do that, and they still come up with the same English village over and over and over again. You know, uh, and that's fine. Yes. I couldn't yes. write an English village mystery. It right. would be just so fake, like wearing a, a long blonde wig. Uh, but I can do what I, I like to do, and I hope I... I asked my agent to tell me if I quit being okay, you know, like if my work started to go down because I'm 70 now and sooner or later, uh, my last book I was writing as a 15 year old girl. And I just thought, Oh, this is hard (laughs) (laughs) because to me, writing is a lot like acting in some ways, not that I can act, but from what I, I've talked to actors and it's, it's like getting into the character 
Yeah. And being the character and speaking as the character and making everything throughout the book consistent Mm -hmm. with your vision of that character. So you have to be her at least when you're in front of the computer. Yeah. You have to be two people, really. You have to have a split personality, so to speak. Part of you is the the writer that's matured in judgment, cross your fingers, uh, and part of it is the character who yeah. just has to keep moving forward. I love that you compare it to um, acting because I'm actually uh, hosting a webinar tonight, uh, Sisters in Crime, with a, uh, two theater people to talk about craft tips from theater artists because um, actors have helped me um, by when I talk to them about their process because it's exactly what you said. They you may not see it on the stage or you may not see it on the page, but they understand how they drink their coffee and, you know, what issues they had with their, you know, they create a whole life inside so that all the action is, comes from a realistic place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And 15 year old girl would be hard for, um, you know, it's hard anyway. I mean, a 15 year old girl. <laughs> I wouldn't do that again for anything. <laughs> Especially these days. I mean, it's not the same 15 year old girl that it we were when we were not. 15. <laughs> it is not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot harder, I think, to be 15 years old these days. Yeah. Um, so do you, um, you know, when you're finding these characters and finding this, this kernel of an idea, does it just sit with you? And do you, you know, do you work on one project at a time? Do kernels come in? Like how, what's your process like for, for developing and for writing? Usually I work on one project at a time, but I, I find myself imagining another character sometimes while I'm working on a a series and I think well maybe that's what I'll write about next Uh, and that kind of grows in my off moments like long drives when you don't have anything else to think about and that kind of starts growing in your head which makes it sound like a mushroom or a fungus (laughs) Uh, but it starts you know developing Mm -hmm. and you think oh if if this happened then that could happen or if she lived here then she could be doing that. And, and you just have little ideas and they keep, they keep multiplying until you've made decisions, which is what being a writer really is. It's like making mm-hmm. hundreds of decisions a day. Yes. Yeah. Well, and your characters are so rich, but you also um, are really wonderful at world building. And creating these worlds where you're making up the rules, right? Because they're they're not real. I mean, they're 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 your own world. But you've got to once you make up the rules, you've got to play by the rules um, that you've created. Um, how 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 does that work for you? I mean, is it um, you know? Do you think? Oh, that I, I'm not even going to put anything out there. I mean, I love talking to people who work in these different genres because it's just such a flight of imagination, and and it's it's brave. I mean, you're creating a world that you're creating all the rules for, and you're doing you're you know you're setting up reader expectations and everything else. 
Oh, but that's the fun. <laughs> that's the fun of it. Uh, when you're saying, oh, well, if I want her, like with the Gunny Rose books, I thought if I want her to be a great shooter, then she'll shoot a lot of people. And since I don't want her to spend all that time in jail, what must the world be like to permit her to do that? So uh, that, that was how I gradually came up with the split America and the fact that she lived in the poorest, most lawless part of it. And therefore she makes her living as a shooter. (laughs) I mean, Yes, you know, it's you it's almost a parable for things too, right? I mean, it's uh yeah. Yeah, yeah just no. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um so as you've been working for all, you know, working on all these different series and doing things. Um do you uh, this is going to be a pedantic question, but I'm going to ask it. Are you a plotter or a pantser or or how do you how do you write a book? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I I really almost hate to tell you this because I'm such a bad example. I never know what's going to happen any day. I mean, I turn on the computer and I go, what's going to happen now? (laughs) Uh, And that's the way I write. I tried outlining, but it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's great. If whatever works, keep doing it. But um, so that's that also explains one one book or one project at a time because you gotta sort of let everybody who's in that book be present <laughs> to inspire you at that moment. Yeah. And how long does it take you to write a draft? As long as my contract says I have. That's how long <laughs> it takes me. <laughs> I love that honest answer. <laughs> um, what do you wish you'd known sooner as a writer? And also, you know, we could talk about being a published author, uh, but what do you wish you'd known sooner in your writing journey? You know, I'm not big on looking back. That's futile and wastes a lot of emotional energy. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew anything about writing <laughs> When I started out, it was a complete mystery, and there wasn't the internet. Ha ha, ah. no internet. You couldn't even look things up. Now I think there's almost no excuse for ignorance. You can look anything up on the internet. You can learn all about the publishing, all about getting an agent, how to avoid scammers. You can look that all up on the internet, and I'm going, they just made it so easy. Where, you know, with me, it was so hard. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, the way I feel. Well, it's also, I mean, it's even uh, more inspiring that you were uh, so determined to do this without, um, you know, you, you'd taken a class and you had your new an editor and things, but, but to take that leap and say, I want to do this when there's nothing that can prove that it's possible around you um, is a leap because uh, taking, you know, on the internet, you can find a community and people who could support you and say, here you go. But, you know, 40 years ago, that wasn't the case. No, it was not. It was not. Yeah. It's, um, I was talking to somebody who is one of the uh, original guppies, you know, the, the yep. group on, on uh, Sisters in Crime. And at the beginning, they wrote letters to each other. 
and sent packages with notes or with outlines like in a round robin because there was no internet. And I just, uh, you know, that's not that long ago um, that, you know, how different our world is now. So true. I used to have to type a clean copy for my editor. uh, And that was, oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm a pretty good typist, but that would take forever, forever. So I can't even imagine not writing on a computer. Um, Lucky you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I did it in college and, and, you know, typed many, many things, but I didn't start fiction writing until I I had computers available. That's, yeah, that must have been, how did that change your editing, having to type? Oh, so much easier. Oh, my gosh. Moving blocks of material around. Yeah is so much easier now and correcting you know i don't have to get out a special cartridge and pop it in the typewriter and type one letter and take it out and put the other one back in uh it's just made things so much easier uh it even tells you when you misspell words i know I'm going <laughs> oh, this is for sissies <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I remember running out of the correction cartridge. Like I'd be in the middle of typing a paper and I'd go to put it in and it would be gone. It's oh, like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, please. Um, yeah, typing was, um, I mean, I'm glad I did it because I know how to type, but it, it was different. So I, I, did you, I mean, with a computer, you can save words, you can, you know, save chapters for something else, you can make your, you know, 17 drafts of the same book and find something you missed. And, and, but when you're typing, you know, you've got to collate the pages and figure out where they are and all, I mean, that's a whole different process. On the other hand, if you type it, you've got it. And on the computer, if you make a mistake and delete it, you don't have it anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although all those stories about people leaving manuscripts on trains, you know, nowadays, like, well, it's in the cloud somewhere, so it's never really gone. somehow I can find it. It's somewhere. Um, What's the best piece and the worst piece of writing advice you've either gotten or, you know, what's your favorite piece of writing advice to give to somebody? Finish. Yeah. Finish is, that means you're a writer if you finish. I don't think you can really call yourself a writer if you don't finish anything. And that's where most people fall by the wayside. Uh, They have great opening ideas and the excitement of that carries them for a chapter or two. And then they realize they have no idea what's going to happen next. And they abandon it for the next good idea. And I've seen that happen many, many times. So I have come to believe that you have to just put your rear end in the chair and finish before you can even say, yes, I think I will be a writer. That's such great advice and such an important thing to say. And um, also be comfortable with it not being good. (laughs) <laughs> when you when yeah. you do that first finish, you'll have a I mean, chance. You'll have a chance yeah. to rewrite it. Uh, rewriting is everything. Everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. So to tell me about your rewriting, your, your editing process. Do you, do you have a specific process? Does it depend on the project or, you know, do you write lean and then add, or do you write a lot and then take away or, or how's that work for you? I write what I need to do to get the story to move forward to the end. Uh, when I go back is when I make everything agree, like make the character have the same name all the way through. (laughs) Or uh, sometimes I get a description wrong and I have to go back and change that. I have to make sure uh, that days aren't 35 hours long. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where, where making an outline would really be quite helpful. Because uh, getting keeping the time of day, I think it. I think the best way to write is to have a notebook by your side, and say chapter six. Now it's morning on Saturday, mm-hmm. and to keep yourself anchored in the time you've given yourself to do the action that you want to do next. Yeah, timelines are are tricky things as a reader you notice that, you know, I mean, if, if somebody's timeline is off or you're sort of, lo- you lose your place as to where they are, um, you know, I, I always, the reading, being a voracious reader helps, I think, writers as well. I think right? it does too. I can't imagine a writer who doesn't read. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't really trust a writer who didn't read, frankly. Yeah. You should love it. You should love yes. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 um, most writers I do know are, are voracious readers. Um, so you, you know, you had your first two books published, took a break, uh, family break that a lot of people take and then were thirsting. I mean, obviously you were called to be a writer, uh, to go back and, and started to write, um, and haven't stopped since. It sounds like you've been, you know, on that yep. journey since. Yes. Um, what's, what's your advice for staying on the journey, which people can look at your career and say, oh, well, look how it, it worked out, but you didn't know how it was going to work out oh, when you started. Of course not. <laughs> what else would I do though, Julie? I, this is what I do. Yeah. What am I going to do? Take up needlework? I mean, I'm just really hopeless at anything else. There's nothing wrong with needlework, but uh, mm-hmm. that's that's not for me. And and uh, neither is being a babysitter or, you know, I, I like to cook, but you can only do that so often. Yeah, I'm You're not. A I don't know what I would do. I I have to do something productive, and I I enjoy making money. So. A good, a good duo. Um, what are you, um, what, let's talk about community for a second. Uh, this, the crime writing community and, and all, all writing communities, but you know, I, I mostly know about the crime writing community, um, is a great community. It's full of some really good people who support, uh, and, and sometimes we don't realize how important community is on our journey. Um, you know, we, we, 
as I said, I started going to conferences when I was barely whispering aloud um, that that's what I wanted to do. But you meet people there and that builds things. What has community meant to you um, in your writing career? Everything. Uh, I have some very, very close friends in the writing community. They're my first readers. Uh, they're the my peers whose opinion I rely on. Uh, used to be in the bad old days, the hard-boiled guys, who were mostly guys, felt very uh, derogatory mm-hmm. about cozy mysteries, and they would let you know it in no uncertain terms and be quite patronizing, some of them. I'm glad to think that Sisters has been instrumental in somewhat changing that landscape. Mm-hmm. Though there are still people who will say, if you're a woman, you can't write as well as a man. Yeah. So I think the best way to counter that is by writing really well and having your books published. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all I know to do. You can't change someone's mind. When someone looks at you and says, I just don't read women writers, you can make two responses. Uh, one of them is not printable, and the other one is, well, bless your heart, uh, <laughs> because there's nothing to do about those people. Obviously, right. excellence exists, no matter your gender, your age, your education, your uh, ethnic background. And I think uh, a good community is one that finds, finds that and encourages mm-hmm. it. Uh, I've found so many wonderful, wonderful friends in the sisters community and in Mystery Writers of America, too, mm-hmm. that are encouraging, intelligent, and not, not uh, patronizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really important. It's really important. Yeah. So Sisters was founded 35 years ago um, as an advocacy organization. And as you point out, it's better, but it's not done. I mean, it's, there's still so much work to do, um, not just for women or people of color, transgender writers. I mean, LBGTQIA. I mean, there's so many other people uh, who need support and who need to, to, you know, have have opportunities that other people take for granted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, still work to be done, but it's, uh, it's a great place to do it for sure. We're fighting the good fight. We are fighting the good fight and we're having a good time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think probably doesn't make everyone happy all the time. <laughs> That's just too bad. <laughs> yeah. I think laughing uh, and, and, still enjoying things, um, can sort of disrupt some stuff as well. Um, so are you, tell me what you're working on or, or, you know, what's, what's, how, how's it been? I mean, these last couple of years have been, uh, a little bit challenging for a lot of people to read or to write or to do things. Um, so, uh, it's certainly a time to hatch dystopian ideas, but is it a time to write them? (laughs) It turned out to be uh, a good time to write them for me, but I have to say uh, COVID really has wrecked my 
writing procedure and the pandemic really has slowed me down quite a bit, uh, not only because I was sick, but because I was isolated, my husband and I, and I am still writing much more slowly than I ever did before, but at least I'm writing. Uh, Right now I'm working on the fifth book, the last one I have a contract for in the Gunny Rose series. And uh, it's, it's, always a joy to write about someone who is so herself but the last book was about Gunny's half-sister Felicia uh, who lives in San Diego in the Holy Russian Empire and this book has both of them in it so I'm gonna not maybe not alternate chapters but some of the chapters will be from Felicia's point of view and some will be from Lisbeth's point of view so it's going to be another challenge, but I really believe in doing what I'm scared of. Yeah. Well, I, that's inspiring. I mean, that, that at this point you're, you're, you're scared, you know, you're, you're setting another challenge for yourself instead of just calling it in and saying, well, you know, this is going to be fine. Um, Uh, I don't believe in doing that. Yeah. And the fifth book in a series, um, you know, uh, it's a time to sort of wrap some stuff up, set some stuff up for the next yeah. one. If it's there, I mean, there's some business decisions that you make in those series. It, there as well. are. Uh, I'm anxious to know if I'm going to have the opportunity to write another one. Uh, so, you know, once I know that, that will give me some clues on how to proceed. And do you have any other characters who are showing up and sit next to you and saying, Hmm, I think I have a story for you. Wouldn't that not yet. And that really scares me. Uh, But maybe something will pop up. You just never know when that little, little germ of an idea will sprout in your head and you'll, that's a very bad image. And you will start, uh, (laughs) thinking, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, thank you for being honest about the the struggles and, uh, you know, certainly uh, glad that you're feeling better, but also it's been, the isolation has been hard for so many people. Yeah, and I think we need to be honest about that, um, uh, you know, as we're we're progressing. But hopefully we're going to see um, each other in, in conferences or different places soon. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. So, uh, you know, yeah, that would be nice. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and for this great conversation. Oh, it was my pleasure. And I, I do enjoy being invited. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.